0: Welcome back to Lady Blurt sings the blues on this fine Sunday Sunday morning. Uh, we got your girl sometimes V. Got Kylie too smart. Hi
1: hi. And prowess the testament.
0: We are uh, returning back on the virtual screen. Um, we just finished uh, MagWest weekend. Uh, so if you guys have yet to see our latest presentation about representation matters. Uh, check out it. Check it out on twitch.tv.magfest. Um, It's probably the latest recording since we did uh, record this presentation on Saturday. So that's kind of the last place that we have recently did some things. But um, yeah, we've kind of been taking a little bit of a break here. Some life things and other maybe. Life, major life things, maybe not so major life things just kind of happen. And so like sometimes it's okay to take a break from things just so that way you get yourself recalibrated and put yourself back in full force. I don't know. How do you guys feel about
1: that? Totally agree. I think I think like being able to recognize that and do that is so important. There's been times I've said to myself, I can't do something, but I did it anyway. And I I regretted it because I either Wind up getting ill, right? Or like I was stressed to the point where I was, you know, just out of it for for days after it. So yeah, recognizing that is important.
2: Mm -hmm. For sure, definitely um, realizing that mental health days are important. (laughs) I mean, I think so many people like use their PTO like for super planned vacations, and for me, it's just been recognizing the fact that like sometimes you need to just take a day, especially when there's so many things happening outside of work, like your personal life. You handle so much stuff as an adult, sometimes you need to like take the time to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We, and with this podcast in general, I'm sure folks who listen to podcasts know that a lot of their podcast friends, our favorite podcasters, they're typically not getting paid for this. Um, So this is just something that we do out of love and we love, you know, bringing things to the table, putting them into discussion and perspective. Um, And, you know, it's always good to just, you know, chat it up and shoot the shit. Um, And so, but because of that, we want to make sure that this is not the hardest part of our week. Um, Oh, definitely. Like, this is the space
2: I come to recharge. I'm like, oh, I got to hang with my ladies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I feel the same exact way, uh, th- and that's what it should be. It should be to like rest. It should be a part of a rest and recharge, not something that like stresses you out every, every so often. Um, but speaking Big of, sings the blues. Bomb. Dear <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> diary, mood apathetic. Oh my God, I'm an emo kid, not conforming as can be. You'd be non-conforming, too, if you look just, you look like, just me. like
2: me. you look just like me. on my wow. nails Let's and makeup
0: on my face. I'm even even a, wait, what was that? I might oh, be emo
2: enough to start shaving my legs.
0: Yeah, evil enough to start shaving my legs. That actually was a bop. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> That was mm-hmm. a bop. Shadows. <laughs> whoever did that in like early MySpace days. Jesus,
2: <laughs> seriously, like MySpace YouTube's uh, the early days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't memorize lyrics. I'm very bad at memorizing lyrics. But that's a song that I think about. I'm like, ooh, I can get I'll that. Pull lyrics all day long. I
2: pull same, lyrics all
0: day long. Same thing with the Humpty Dance. Like that. That's something that I that I remember every so often too. Okay, well, let's talk about our week. Uh, Kylie, how's your week going? My week is um, actually going really well. I really
2: appreciated all my friends and family who served. Um, Veterans Day was uh, a day of like rest and contemplation for me. Um, and I think it was especially important now that like I'm in my home because my grandparents served, my grandfather served like all these medals behind me. That's him. Like, you see this big flag, <laughs> like that's him. Um, so it's it was a, definitely a, a great time for reflection. And I, I appreciated the people who reached out to me and the people that I got to reach out to. So it was a good week for sure. And I kind of, I feel like that energy was like in, in my workspace too. Like everybody was just having a, a time to like appreciate one another and tell each other, like I recognize the good work that you do here. Like the fact that you show up every day. it was
0: just really nice, it was was like a soft week. Yeah, I wanna say I'm really, um, I have a lot of vets in my family, those who have served prior and yeah, thank you for your service. It's not easy to decide when you're like a young adult saying like, hey, Let's do it. I'm gonna sign my life to this, you know, serve a country, maybe put myself in front lines. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Um, which is, you know, that's always like a complication with uh joining the military, right? Because you never know where you're gonna end up. Um, but yeah, you know, salute the troops, like they do it, they their intentions are, you know, I would say in good standing, where it's like, I wanna protect my country, I wanna serve my country, I want to protect my the people that I care about. Um, so that's always, that's always honorable to, to mention. Um, I wish that there was more or better press about, about those who had genu- genuine terms. Um, whereas like, you know, in media, there's a lot of, and not that it's invalid, but there's a lot of other, like other sided implications to being part of the military. But no, that's awesome. So your grandpa served? Yes
2: he's, my grandparents on both sides served and it's kind of funny just you know you look back at like family histories mm-hmm. and on both sides of my family of course it was like during the wars so was like but they were both in Hawaii they were both in Germany they were both all, all in the same places um so that's just been kind of something that's fascinating to explore and like hear more stories about um and just knowing that like I feel so strongly um so like I grew up for uh, a majority of my childhood in Hawaii and it's it's nice to like know that I have roots there on both sides um, because it like Mm -hmm. definitely feels like home Um, and same with California it's like my grandfather on my mother's side after he retired out of the air force became a state park ranger and served on this coast for the rest of his days and then my grandfather on my father's side after he retired stayed in Seaside and basically just used his knowledge that he had gained through his entire service to help restore homes in the area. He was an electrician, he was a builder. Um, So he's somebody that I look to um, as a leader in the community and kind of like those are big shoes to fill. But it's kind of part of the goal of like what I have going on here with even having this home and like wanting it to be a safe space in the community and like start a community garden and start being able to do activities, like a space where people can come and just do fun things mm-hmm. and relax and like not have to worry about things like this house used to be the house that cookouts would happen in, you know, and like, you could bring your kids through and they would have fun activities to do tie dye, just hang out, have tea mm-hmm. time and chill like so. It was a day for like, manifestation for sure. And especially like 1111. 11, I was like, oh, working this energy. Yep. We're doing our things. <laughs> We're
0: reading our tarot. <laughs>
2: We're being That's right.
0: Mood. Vibing That's with right. the crystals. Let's That's go.
1: right.
0: Paris, <laughs> right. how was your week?
1: Um, good. I feel this week was a was just a busy work week um, for me. It was just. I feel like there are some weeks where I, you know, you just as people, right, we nice. don't always get our our like moments to ourselves, and we just accept that, like. You know what I mean? And we've kind of rolled with the punches. We don't always reflect on, on those moments when you have to spend like the 12 hour workday versus your typical or, and I feel like this week was just everything that could be unexpected happened <laughs> and this week. It has just been um, just a lot and in and, and a good way. We, um, I will say this, the organization that I work for, I work in fundraising and, and nonprofit space and the social science space and um, one of the, the funders that we work with is Capital One, and they um, recently upgraded a gift that we had to fund women in software engineering, um, a program that sort of developed from scratch from um, mostly all of my funding. So it, you know, I've single-handedly funded this program and it's now like been we've got about a million dollars of support. Um, And Capital One just upgraded their gift for another $250,000 on top of the $250,000 that they already gave um and so this program is now expanding and we've been you know talking about it a lot and sort of developing it recognizing that you know i've been also sort of slapped on the wrist don't do anything new don't raise any more money for this right because it's going well but it's almost like going too well and we're getting a lot of attention in the press now and so our like managing director in my area was just recently interviewed for two different articles coming out because organizations are really struggling with that churn right now or great reshuffling or resignation however we choose to refer to that especially for women talent so talent acquisition teams are dealing with that a lot it just was it was just whatever could be thrown this week was thrown but um you know there there are some weeks like that and it's almost learning how to kylie said it before like recognizing we need a day off or just you know being able to understand that so for me i'm like i'm planning out a little bit to say yeah, I know, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna need to sort of reset and- Mr. Miyagi um, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> power down and um, use that PTO as like my recharge. So, um, but it, you know, it's it's all good. And I feel like those in those moments, I was also, my son had a lot of stuff do this week and tests and exams and all of that stuff. So I'm in the middle of like trying to do my thing at work and simultaneously like helping him you know, with an exam or an assessment or something. And I'm like, how are people doing this that have less hands than even I do, right? Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just, it's it's the life. It's the new, it's the new normal. And um, it just made me realize like, you, it, we maybe never get adept at it. And so I think one realization I had was that it's okay when some balls fall, in in this new world we're in because it's just impossible to juggle everything at the same time when you're virtually working. Um, You can't be washing laundry and you know washing your dishes in between and making dinner you have to you have to sacrifice so you know there's sometimes i order my son a, a lunch because it's just easier for me to do that than for me to like stop everything i'm doing and i'm like i just you know what i mean like i i came to that realization this week girl stop trying to do it all that's what doordash Listen, is
0: i was made fun of a couple of weeks ago for ordering a coffee <laughs> and in a virtual meeting, I went. Oh my god, I'll be our right back guys, and they're like, "Wait, where are you going?" And I said, "I'm." I had coffee delivered, and they're like, "Girl, come on!"
1: <laughs> I just like I, I was already on like a I'm good. i at it. What, was this your coworkers laughing at you or just? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. It was my like
0: like, Wait, where was the coffee from though? Boulevard Coffee, um, okay, in, in Los Gatos. So they're they're a small like you know local shops so, so I made sure artisanal dog you were, supporting,
1: your, dog. Yeah. You were yeah. supporting and that is worth it but it's also acknowledging that like when you're virtually working that's what I mean you have to you don't there's no look into the day anymore you know what I mean it's just one thing just leads to the next leads to the next and then I'm really signing off at midnight or so you know what I mean it's like I'm still checking even something is like this week when there's just So it's being able to recognize if I need to order a coffee, you know what, like I can I can let that ball drop that I don't have to go down and use current for a minute. Like that takes extra time. I'm Uh, willing
0: to do it. Absolutely. Uh, Fundraising, by the way, for those who don't understand fundraising in a nonprofit world, it's it's a grind. It is a grind, not only that you have to do grant research, you have to yeah. see like who your top donors are. You have to like, you know, kind of pitch what you're doing to see if the donors even like it. You have to manifest relationships. It's, it's a whole deal. So anybody who does fundraising and nonprofits, like big snaps to you guys, especially like, you know, my women of color out there, my black women of color, or my black women out there who are doing the fundraising. I, uh, so yes, you, yeah. <laughs> yes, like I, I give, Full applause to that because, like, I understand that it's hard, um, especially building relationships beyond folks who don't who are set in their biases, too. Like, yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you'll have donors and, and those who are giving grants be like, wait, but we don't know you. It's like, yeah, because generationally wise, this is the first time that I'm doing this in my family or maybe the second generation is doing exactly. this in my family. It's not a long lineage of like, you know, knowing these folks. So yeah, no, good for you, dude. Like I see when people do fundraising, I'm like, mm, you're doing wonders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I think Kylie would be good at it. Because she's just so jovial. <laughs>
1: Give me your yeah. money. The passion please. is just like getting the money, the relationship building. I feel like the more passionate you are about the work you're doing, the more that people then you believe in it, right? Like I believe in getting people on on pathways to thriving wages and thriving careers. Like I'm like I'm a byproduct of that. My dad didn't graduate from college and yet you know he became a chief technology officer because he got a chance he had access you know it was like that one thing can change a trajectory for a whole
0: entire family so exactly yeah Yeah. no absolutely that um no that's dope no for real like (laughs) yeah and it's also like where you put the money to it's like making sure like okay we're gonna give you this sum. i hope you promise to continue doing the things that you're doing it's yeah. like yes. filled,
1: filled with it which yes. is the other side of it the reporting side when you have to actually report on your outcomes and your impact and like it better be exact and you have to run reports and you better have those reports right all of that stuff has to so you're right there's a grind to it
0: yeah, yeah. you
1: welcome come on our side come to the fundraiser side yes. and, right? yeah right <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I guess I can go into a little bit about my league. Um, yeah. I did a lot of things. Um, first always, of all, sometimes be always busy. Always busy. <laughs> it's just like maybe my nickname should be always B or always right. busy B. Always busy BB. <laughs> always busy BB. <bee> <laughs>
1: um, where did
0: I start? Oh, I got boosted. Um, so that was great. Oh. Um, Far after getting boosted, I saw articles about people taking these weird baths to get the vaccine out of them. So I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to read that. But (laughs) I got boosted. And then for those who want to know my COVID experience or my COVID shot experience is that, um, the first shot was great. No side effects. It was Moderna. Mm,
1: Okay. Second shot,
0: (laughs) no side effects. Had some weird dreams, but I wasn't like, Like I didn't feel bad or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I was just like, "Mm, this is just, I'm going through the motions of having weird dreams. That was it. And to be clear, before I got these shots, I was well hydrated, worked out that morning, and I had tons and tons of electrolytes. So I prepped that body. Yeah. The booster. I failed (laughs) to prepare the body. so I, I, I feel dumb because I went in, I mm-hmm. forgot to eat breakfast that day. I also didn't drink a lot of water and it was like an hour long wait to get that booster and it was a Moderna booster. And uh, I got the shot and I'm like, oh, okay, this is fine. And you know, the thing that you're supposed to do after you get the shot is like move your arm around, like, you know, get the blood flowing, whatever, right? Just like flap your wings, make it whatever. Yeah, come um, so... get your eagle on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't do that because my brain went, oh, since I'm here, I should also get the flu shot. So I doubled oh. down.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah, everyone's like, girl, you asked for this. You asked Your tech for this. should
2: have advised you. Were you not advised?
0: No, the, even like the, the, the doctor's like, yeah, you can just do it, whatever. Or the nurses, they're like, yeah, just go ahead and do it. So... But that night of my arm was very sore. Like it was hard to like pick anything up. Luckily it was with my left arm. And then the next morning, oh, I felt like I got hit by a train. Like Ooh. it was like, I felt bad. I was like overheating. Like I I thought I was like, is this the end? <laughs> um, and, and, and And again, but the difference is i feel like if i would have taken measures to take better care of myself before getting that shot i think i would have been better the next day so like that's the thing that we need to keep in mind here um and so After getting the shot, I felt bad and then I just drank a bunch of pediolites and drank a bunch of water and like just prayed that the headache would go away because that same night I promised to meet up with a friend at a jazz club (laughs) so we can catch (laughs) up. Oh
1: girl, I'm feeling it already for you. Oh my gosh.
0: Oh yeah. um, I
2: know that jazz club experience
0: was totally worth it for real oh it totally was i didn't drink that night i got a bunch of mocktails because i'm like i don't want to make myself feel worse um mocktail it is and i tried this with really, adulting yeah right i tried this really good non-alcoholic gin which i wish i would have gotten the name of it but it was really good i did not hate it um, but yeah, that night I met up with a friend that I have that I went to high school with uh, named Lawrence Rossman. Uh, he moved into the area recently uh, to complete a PhD program over at Stanford. So um, you know, kudos to him for doing that. So we met up and checked out the Francis Experience, uh, which is a group by another friend named Jonathan Borka who got a residency there. So if anybody's looking for some nice, fine, like hip-hop soul moving jazz, like go to Five Points on Thursdays. Like his, his band, The Francis Experience, is gonna be doing the thing. So it was a very lovely experience. And what's really cool about Jonathan is Jonathan is also a nonprofit um, professional. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah, and uh, he really does the work to make sure that his community stays connected. And so what was awesome during his set is that he invited a lot of like San Jose, like people who were like homegrown and raised in that area and just like had them come up and sing, rap, play their instruments. Like he he was just being so generous with the platform that he was given. And so like, he just had a lot of, he just gave a lot of shine to everybody, which was great. Community building. hmm And like he
1: d- Jonathan Borka?
0: Jonathan Borka, yeah. He is a rap artist. He's he's great. He's a. I don't even want to say he's just a rap artist. He's he's just an overarching like holistic artist in general. Because like the shows that he puts on is like, it's it's not just like, hey, I'm just gonna rap, like over this beat like for a while. Like no, like he actually kind of sketches out like, this whole like, theatrical like, thing like with his first show with the Francis Experiment experience previous to the pandemic he had a cello player come in and play he had um like a jazz quartet there with him like he he made it a whole like storytelling experience which was like very beautiful and so um yeah I just I think it's kind of like one of those things where I, I really like where he takes his art form and mm-hmm. like kind of manifests it beyond uh, like into kind of a more like auditory art um so i really like it um but yeah like that was something i checked out which they also did another show yesterday so i i went out to that as well and checked that out and then the last thing with my week because you know here i am just putting bullet points i did this 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 and this Um, (laughs) as you
2: rub your eyeballs i did all the things you guys
0: yeah, I think I'm feeling real brave now uh, because I've been vaccinated and all that stuff and taking measures to protect myself and also to protect others. Um, more so myself. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It, we live in an individualistic society. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, oh, I saw the Van Gogh experience. Yes. And I also watched New Japan pro wrestling for the first time ever. And so that was...
1: oh no. <laughs> That was
0: amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just <laughs> it's hard to not share one thing. <laughs> I was just like, I'm gonna
1: share all of my toys. Here's sure. all of them. No. What, um, was, what was both of those experiences like?
0: Um, Van Gogh was interesting, honestly, and no shade to Cash and Phoebe who went with who went with I. <laughs> The the experience with the Van Gogh exhibit, I don't think, it was one of those things that I feel like I had to like be there by myself to really feel the transitions of artwork with the music that they did. Um, And so it was just like watching art in the way that they presented it. I, I, it shuts, it not shuts down my brain, but it quiets my brain so I'm focused on that. And so like, for me, it was kind of like more of like a therapeutic experience. Now, bringing Cash and Phoebe who are like, you know, and they're trolls and they like- I was like, that is another kind of therapeutic experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great, but Cash could like, was sitting there like trying not to cry of laughter because he was, he was upset that like, When he experiences things, he wants it to be more than just like a projection on a wall. And that's basically what the Van Gogh experience was. Like it was just a project, like it was a large projector in a big like room full. And it just shows all of Van Gogh's art pieces and it transitions into all the different art pieces, even his like Japanese exhibit. Um, And it was cool how it shifted around. But the music that they chose was all like, you know, romantic, classical music, which was fine. And then like, Cash was sitting there like, you po- you bro- we paid 50 bucks for a room of projectors and for us to just sit on the ground. <laughs> and that's what he was like upset about. But he was making <laughs> jokes the whole time, so it was hard to focus. And then like, Phoebe is over there just kind of enabling Cash. And then I was also enabling Cash. So it was just like one of those things where it, we were demersified de- because we were all being a bunch of jokesters. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the cost of it, to be honest, was too much for the exhibit itself. Because like I thought there was gonna be more. I thought we were gonna be able to walk through a gallery and to check out other things. Like I thought it was like a walkthrough gallery of yeah, the exhibit. Like and
2: more of a three D experience and not
0: Not just sitting down. And the three D experience was because of, there was a middle pillar with a mirror. So that way the uh the The reflection that they of the of whatever you saw on the wall was also in the mirror, and so that was that, but that was it, like it wasn't anything more than that. And the fact that I had to pay like 50 plus dollars to sit on the ground, whereas like the privileged VIP people who paid like a hundred something dollars, um, they they had butt cushions and they were allowed to have a chair, and so it was just. Like on the objective side of things, it was a little like, it was too much for what we, we went into. However, I think, like I said, if I would have went by myself to have an experience to like quiet the mind and view the things, like I think that would have been better. So I guess what I'm trying to say is it's better to go to those things as an individualistic thing, not as a thing with a group, if that makes sense. Okay. Or if you do go with a group, I mean, if you're into eating gummies and then going and see a thing, that's on you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it sounds like a real good trip, you know? Set it up right, get your free game, solid, sold, Ritz to go.
0: (laughs) But um, New Japan Pro Wrestling was was great. Um, I've heard a lot of the wrestlers' names before, uh, shout out to Matt Mania Podcast that I listen to on the regular um, for keeping me informed without having to view the event. <laughs> sure. um, but it was, it was cool. Like everyone is super athletic and like, <laughs> <laughs> look at my okay.
2: face right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, there was a lot of cake. Like, <laughs> like, there was a lot, was was a lot of good cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I told this to Cash. I'm like, you brought me to a cake show. he goes, excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) To the bakery,
2: hon. Look at them bags. You brought
0: me to the bakery. There's the ring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There is the dishes.
0: (laughs) No, it was great. I, I fell in love with it because also, like, no, the the shenanigans were great there was like a, i think a 5 on 5 match that was hilarious because you had these refined wrestlers versus these other wrestlers who were not as refined and what i mean by refined is like by what they were wearing right so like you have the guy that was yeah, exactly. So you had these two guys who had these shorts on that said "filthy" on the back of it, and how the shorts were cupping their their body and made their asses look insanely like cupcakey. So I was, <laughs> I was like losing my mind because it was just so funny because it was just out there. Um, and then there was this bigger guy named Kratos who straight up looked like Kratos from God of War. And he was the wow. biggest. Like he was, he was immovable. He was a big dude. He was a thick boy. Um, basically, what what a, a god should look like if he was a god of war. Yeah. <laughs> and what was great is because he was the biggest guy in the ring. Someone who was like tinier than him picked him up, and I'm like, like, oh my god! How like, is it possible? We're all losing our mind. Um, and then there was another match where there was this guy named juice and there was this guy named moose and uh, the play on that was like you know the crowd was like you know every time uh, moose was hit by juice we say juice and every time moose hit juice we say moose so it's like juice moose it was it was great i i mean that's just like a small snippet of what like of what the whole experience is but i always recommend anybody to go see a live wrestling show and also i love it yeah it, it was great, and and it's been a second because the last wrestling show I saw in person was uh, SmackDown. So, um, and it's been a while because of the pandemic. So it was just like yeah. really, really cool. Um, and then I got to see like the really famous like New Japan pro wrestlers that I keep hearing. Like I saw Okada, who is a name that I keep hearing every so often. And I also uh, uh, got to see Will Osprey. Um, and so that was cool. Like I, I hear about these names, but I never put the names to face because I'm not really like zero in on it. But now like after watching the show, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't watch this more often.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly.
0: But yeah, it was great. Um, the crowd response was a wonderful, um, and I, I really liked the section that I was in because it was really funny. Like the guys that were like bringing in the most hype in that section were, were hilarious. So, um, I loved it. I think, I mean, it tickled me the most, but there at one point at one of the matches, like two of the wrestlers were like on, on the mat, like lying down, exhausted, and they just couldn't move. And then someone screams, no naps. And then everyone just was floored. It was, it was great. Um, but yeah, um, that's my overextended experience. I'm glad that you guys listened to me for 10 minutes straight. I didn't mean to go we on for so long. We loved it. It was great.
2: It was like um, summer camp shenanigans. Exactly. (laughs) It's great. It's exactly what you need for this seasonal depression. It's what we need.
1: Yes. Maps for that. Gotta find those (laughs) moments.
0: Yeah, definitely find things to cure, to help, you know, get away from that seasonal depression uh, for real. Because, yeah, because it's it's getting, it's just the season. Mariah Carey is getting thawed out in the fridge. Remember, every 24 Uh, hours.
1: Right uh, now, it's like a
0: pound per every 24 hours.
1: I don't. Oh, no. I I deserve a holiday, too. (laughs) I don't. What's happening? underneath what what what, what where? Oh, no. she just like
0: hiccups like <laughs> she just hiccups and it's like a new lyric
1: <laughs> she just manifests every time she left lo- it's like she just starts putting up it's just omnipresent mariah everywhere just like you get a, you get a christmas and you get a christmas and you get
0: a christmas <laughs> here's a free christmas tree and here's
1: a free present <laughs> here's some tinsel <laughs> i just want you more.
0: Oh, no, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Miss Mariah Carey over there, I loved the tree that you texted us.
1: That was Oh, amazing. yes, yay, Yeah, I had to get... so pretty. Part of my, you know, seasonal affective disorder, I gotta get that, like, those help me... It helps me cope and color, because, like, color is everything, and I've realized, like, the teal is brightened up my... Um, it's brightened up everything. Even my mom stopped by. She said, oh, I, I love, it's energetic. She's like, I'm glad this purple is out of here. So I've always done like purple. And uh, I did like Mardi Gras colors last year. Purple and like fuchsia and like uh, some teal, but then it was in golds and stuff and bronzes. And she was like, I'm glad that's out. It felt very like oppressive.
2: Serious. <laughs> it's quite Tealed serious. It brightens
1: everything up It's just like, oh. Feels So much nicer. So um, I'm curious,
0: I'm curious about, you know, now that we're kind of talking about seasonal depression a little bit, um, for you progress on the East coast, what is that Mm -hmm. like for you or folks in like your community? Because I know it's different for us on the West coast.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's because when, um, to be very frank, when, when like daylight savings time comes, I feel like people's symptoms start to set in because it also just coincides with the temperature change. So as that temperature starts to and it's a, a drastic change, it's like goes from being in the, you know, the, the late fall um, and like Halloween, it's maybe low 50s and then it goes to being like 40s. Um, and low 40s at that. And there's usually a a great frost that accompanies it. So it just, the temperature plummeting, you know, also affects you physically and all of that kind of stuff. So there, there tends to be um, just the the idea that there's less sunlight already, but, of you know, dealing with that as an additional thing. And then I feel like there's also just the idea of like, we're not I'm usually online later. Like so many people on the East coast, we, you, you know, you have colleagues who are on the West coast, so you're or, on later. And so during those moments, it's like, I'm signing in and it's still slightly dark. Right. And then I'm signing out and it's dark. And uh, in, the, in those moments when I was at least leaving the house, I think I was dealing with it a little bit better because there was times i could get out and do more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, you know, it's, we have to incorporate that into our lives um, in the, in this way, being at home so that that way, because the isolation feels even harder when you're virtual and you don't have, right, that kind of resolve to go and. Maybe some people, I'm one of those kind of folks, like I like being in a space because I may not have the resolve to like go out when I'm by myself, but if I'm with someone I'll, you know, let's go out and take a walk. Let's go out. So I, I vibe best that way. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's it that change in the season when that temperature drops and it, we had a big frost, all of the things that just are indicative of us about to have like a, maybe a bad winter. And I've already heard it's, you know, snowing in the Midwest. So, um, that <laughs> we know that's coming for us probably in the next 30 days. Um, mm-hmm. and it just me, you know, just, I think it starts to signal a little bit for people like you know, I'm inside more, you're less likely to go out. You have to kind of force yourself. So recognizing get earlier is important. And I do that to just kind of be like, let me, I know one of the things that helps is me putting decorations up early. My dad was like, I can't do Christmas before Thanksgiving. That's not my thing. But I'm like, but you don't have the, you know, you don't have the same seasonal affective disorder. So it doesn't affect you in that way. But my winter blues gets cured by color and, you know, emotion and things that I could attach to like memory and smells and that kind of thing. So like, I will put some, you know, bake some pumpkin spice pine cones, just like, it's not even like a thing, you know, just put some pine cones in the oven um, or put some potpourri out or put some orange slices. And like a pot, boil them because those smells, you know, the citrus. Like
2: it's Bed Bath Beyond season. I need yeah. my, like fall spicy hand soaps. Jeez, uh, Bed Bath Beyond. <laughs> I did Bed Bath and Beyond. No, so it's kind of cute. It's my uh, my auntie, shout out Auntie Noah. It was her birthday yesterday, and in uh, my fa- she's obsessed with Christmas. So every year, my family like decks out her her apartment and her mm-hmm. car for christmas and that's like the kind of colorful tradition to kind of offset some of like the sadness right because nice. my auntie she's not really into like birthdays but she's very do, like do they
1: decorate so. her, her everything in like for christmas or they're doing it for birthday stuff for, for christmas
2: oh, okay for christmas so like they went on amazon and found like this whole set with a cute little gnome on it. And it was like a shower curtain set and the bath seat set and a bath mat set. And then they got her like matching pillows. And then they set up like her little like Christmas area decorations. And then they put the oh, lights in her it. car. They went all out. And then like everybody <laughs> went over and ate and did the whole party thing. But it was like, they decorate it for Christmas and they get started. My family does Christmas for months. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs>
0: No, that's so cool. By the way, happy birthday to your auntie. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah,
1: happy Happy birthday
0: auntie was born. Um, I noticed, actually, I want to go back to like kind of Prowess's comment about when when it snows, like I'm sure it hits different. Like we know how like we have the pandemic and everyone's like, ah, it's hard for us to do anything because, you know, things are happening. And like Midwesterners are like, "Uh, this happens to us every season. Like what's
1: different? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, R- yeah, when I went,
0: oh, sorry. Uh, I was out there once one, one winter in the Midwest because I was thinking like, Oh, I want to start a new, I want to move out here. So I said, what better timing to do it than during the winter time to see if I can handle it mm-hmm. to see if I can handle it. Kylie, I see your face <laughs> <laughs> and obviously like, I can't,
1: <laughs> I don't blame you. Uh-uh. I'm coming out. I'm trying to move not hang close to you all that's my goal you know I'm like I'm long-term planning so that I can be like I'm not even applying for jobs unless they're in California yeah <laughs> like I'm trying to get out of the east coast or in midwest but if you could ha- if even if you just being here during that time is a lot because it's we haven't had The cabin fever and isolation that happens during the winter, it was not actually a, it was a mild winter last year. So we really have not had that blizzard type weather, which they're expecting for us to have this year is like a lot of snow. So it's going to be, I think, drastically different in terms of that feeling, right? Sort of like finding exercise methods. And I've already started to do that. Like normally I do a lot of winter sports and stuff and, um, I don't know how much they'll be doing that. in during this time in the pandemic, a lot of slopes and stuff are reopening just now, but who knows how that will continue. Um, and if you'll have to provide vaccination proof or any of that, like, because it's outdoors, like no one, we haven't figured all of that out yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I went out there just fyi because like i again i was just like mm, trying to figure it out and then i noticed that people when i would say like hey do you guys want to hang out they're like mm-hmm. can you come over to my house instead yeah. i'm like can we meet at a bar no okay yeah.
1: that is, yeah, a-
0: and, yeah and it's just because the snow is a lot um yeah. snow is not very nice uh as what it's depicted in movies <laughs> our
1: infrastructure is not built for it so like if we you know you live maybe 250 miles up if you're you know in Connecticut your infrastructure is built to be able to like plow when they have you know their plows are 24 hours they have the workforce they they you know now they're having shortages now all these places are having massive shortages because of the issue of this churn right that we're having where people are either just saying they're not returning to work because of the pandemic or they don't want to have to show proof or they don't want to have to get vaccinated all of those things are now creating issues but dc has just never our city's not built in a way that supports ice and snow and most people go but how could it not be in all these years it's just where public services puts their money because it's such a you know you just never know how much we're going to get and then we're slammed in those moments and we don't have a lot of investment in that space and then or we put too much investment and then you can't get that back out so it's just, you know, it's hard to to depict, but we're I'm looking forward to see what happens. I'm like this year, we get a lot of snow. You know, I think people are now realizing like sedentary kind of like lifestyles have made like V, you said it earlier, like the pandemic has even been harder. If you you have gotten vaccinated, like having to get those electrolytes and having to put those immune boosters in, people who are sedentary are having a lot harder time. With the vaccine, than people who are active and in, in you know that kind of thing. So
0: yeah, I think with the vaccine stuff too is like I don't I, I'm like a weird like kind of two sided coin about how I feel about it right now. Like I feel that there's a lot of folks who are just dragging their feet just to drag their feet, um, and that's just me feeling having that feeling of because my, my feelings come to this where it's like, wow, I'm really doing a lot to make sure that I feel protected around the people that I love and vice versa. And like some people are not doing the same in my regard. However, I did hear a very interesting argument, which I do empathize with, um, where I heard that someone is, has been resisting to take the vaccine because of the nuances that happened with J um, oh, yeah. and J. Um, yeah. And so that scared the crap out of them. And they said, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's not that I'm there. They were like, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not like trying to make people feel wrong for getting it now. I feel bad for the people who are demonizing the vaccine because they're trying to pray COVID away. All the dumb nuances that come with like all the ignorant thinking of COVID Mm -hmm. and they understand that COVID is a dangerous thing. However, like they're like, I don't want something like six months down the line to happen where a booster says like, oh, now it's giving you like blood clots and now what's going on. And so that's honestly, that's the only argument I can support because like, yeah, I watched someone get J and J and then they, they told me they got and not even six months later, like all this stuff happened and they were like freaking out. Cause they're like, Oh my God, I feel like I have to go to the doctor every week to make sure that I'm okay. So I'm not going to die of an aneurysm. And I'm like, yeah, that's valid. And so that's the really? only arg- argumentation though. Like I'll allow, like, I don't, I don't believe in people who are just doing it because they're like, I'll do it because it's whatever. Like, you know, I, I don't, or they're not doing it because they're not willing to do the research. If that makes sense.
2: I totally support anybody who's just like I don't (laughs) want to be part of a clinical trial if they're like this is historically traumatizing for my community like Mm -hmm. um and they're like it's not that I don't believe in the science I really do but for some people it's just like it's too new and they're like we don't want to be test subjects (laughs) we've had terrible experiences in that I'm just like okay as long as you're still taking the precautions in other ways you know you're wearing your mask you're doing what you can do to limit your exposure. It's like, we can at least yeah. ask that you be responsible. A lot of these people who are just like yelling anti-maskers mm-hmm. just because they want to be
0: dicks. Honestly. They just want to feel powerful and to p- do a power play because it makes them feel good. And it's, and it doesn't exactly. make anybody else feel good. And that's the thing that like, I just want to make sure, like I, I promote, like not try to promote on this podcast is like, we're not being anti Vaccine, like being anti-vaccine, like I took it and I'm fine. And I'm sure you guys took your vaccines and you guys Mm -hmm. are fine. But I also want to empathize with the fear of like, you know, how things were rushed and also empathize with those who feel like they're not ready yet because of that. But I don't empathize with people who are just dragging their feet, making lame excuses to make people feel wrong for trying to be safe. Like that's something I do not condone and do not like.
1: People that are on the other side of the coin that are kind of targeting people who chose to get vaccinated to, yeah, that's. that Or
0: politicizing out. an issue that is actually a health issue. Exactly. <laughs> or turning it into a religious thing. Like, I'm sorry, but like my, my whole thing is like, God can do so much for you, but God cannot cure you. Like he's not that direct. Right. Like, that's Or not it's how like it you works. ask
2: for miracles and then there are human beings who are around you that supply <laughs> the answer or solution and it's like you don't think that that, that is God's work? You don't believe it? like, like okay, exactly. But it exists now and if you believe that everything is existing and working through God then you should you know follow your own faith in line of logic and working and like have faith that God put that tool there for you and to utilize it so that you can better yourself exactly. and be around for the people that you love like come on wow, this conversation took a
0: turn. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I think I just get, like, really messed up. because like, Sunday. like <laughs> <laughs> Because the holidays for the last five years, I'm not going to lie, it's been very difficult. Like, I really try my best to be my authentic self, but sometimes, like, it's just really hard to be my authentic self around folks who won't receive that. And, and that's where my depression kind of kicks in, is, like, I have you know, people that I will have to go home and maybe interact with who might start a fight with me about this and who will f- pick a reason to, to epic, like just turn and turn the holidays into an episode that they'll talk about forever. Cause they have nothing better to do. Like, you know, I, I don't want to come home to argue. I want to come home and play games. I want to come home and have uh, a good yeah. dinner and have yes. plans. I don't want to come home where i expect to be like yelled at or told don't do that and at my big ass age of 30 excuse me i'm tired of
1: like
0: yeah (laughs) i'm tired of feeling like this resistance where it's like i just want to have a good time but then i feel like that there's this there's this like 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 choose your destiny right it's like you know in a video game where you say yes here's your consequence no here's your consequence and then there, you don't get any other option right but yes. no matter what the consequence is it's always a hit and so <laughs> i yes. just i just want to be able to enjoy myself without feeling like my words are invalid. And so like, if I feel a certain type of way, I wish that someone would be like, Oh, that makes sense. That's very insightful instead of being barked at saying like, well, you're wrong. And, and that's the thing that I try to avoid during the holidays and which is why like I've been learning to just do things myself because I like to be in a space where I can feel like my authentic self, not feel wrong and Mm -hmm. feel, that I'm able to, you know, celebrate in a way where it feels like it's a little bit more memorable and gives me better feelings. And I can look forward to the next year instead of having to dread the next year.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so that's where it kind of comes from me. Cause I have all this, like, you know, that feeling that you have where you feel like you're kind of, you have to feel forced that you're tied to family because mm-hmm. of your obligation.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and so I'm just like, I don't want this to be like one of those things where I'm going to have to suffer due to obligation. You know what I mean? I want to be able to feel good. I don't want to be able to feel like, like I'm going to leave and be like, wow, that was bad. Or wow, that could have been better. Or wow. I don't know where it went wrong, but here we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's just, it's always rough. And then also like, I just feel so divided. (laughs) Like I, I, probably she talked about having a small family. Kylie has, has an interesting size family.
1: <laughs> 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 to say politely.
0: <laughs> but then like everybody it's, is it's so dish. divided. Like I, yeah. I feel like I can't have everybody together in one spot. Like I feel like I'm doing all the traveling all the time, all the moving around and all of the accommodating mm-hmm. somebody. And, and, and at the end of the year, I feel like I disappoint somebody. It doesn't matter who I forget to see. Someone comes at me being like, oh, well, you couldn't see me. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm in a house divided. Like, I don't know what to do.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so that's where I get depressed. Like that's where my seasonal seasonal depression is. Cause also social media doesn't help it either where there's people who have this perfectionist ideal with all these pictures and what their houses look like. And Mm -hmm. don't get me me wrong. I'm happy for those people. And I'm not jealous in a way where people are jealous and envious and want to destroy that person (laughs) for having a happy life. People deserve Mm -hmm. to have a happy thing going for them, but it just sucks that, The things if I see that, I'm like, oh, that feels nice. I wish I can do the same, but I can't because I don't have the same, I'm I'm not built the same. So exactly. Yeah. So it's just it's just rough. So that's where mine kicks in. Um and also the the dark waking up when it's dark, starting to work and then leaving when it's dark. that's that's a whole thing um luckily i get to see the sun because i i work next to my window so <laughs> that's nice are you
1: are you both um virtual in, in this are you hybrid or what's your uh... oh
0: i'm i'm this is my first year being virtual yeah
1: okay
2: yeah i'm still working in person and with the commute, like it's a headache. It's, yeah. I'm over it. I might be coming over to the funding
1: side soon. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there needs, there, there's the hybrid schedule would help. Cause I feel like I'm v. you probably feel this way too, where sometimes I'm so virtual. Like I am and there's weeks where I, it may be if I had the week that I had last week within an office, some days, I might not have internalize it as much, but it was like, Oh my gosh, it's 12 hours It's seven o'clock. I'm just getting off. I have to go eat. And then it's bedtime. And I got to do this all over again. and wake up to 7am with some other weird emergency. And then I'm back, you know, so I just, I would have gotten some time off, right. If like, I had to drive. That's what I Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, for me, I'm, I'm still learning how to cadence myself. Um, so I just learned that if I do, because like the thing that I get caught up in, in remote life. And also like, it's the same thing in, a, in an office space too. Like I get stuck at this too, like where I'm sitting down too much or yeah. I'm not standing enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, and I'm also not moving around a bunch, a bunch. So what I've been doing is like, if I know that there's a meeting where I'm kind of more of an active listener than I am a participant, mm-hmm. like I'll sit there with like my lightweights and like do like weight exercises So that way I'm still like moving my arms a little bit and doing a little bit of strength training, not like rigorous, but just to kind of keep my body moving. And then I also have these resistance bands where like I wrap them around my ankles and I just move my legs around a bunch. So that way, like there's a little bit of like me moving around. Mm -hmm. Um, I also (laughs) have been trying to figure out the balance of how to walk while working. And I do have a treadmill in the office that I'm working in. And so I tried to do the type life while walking. It's not that effective as it's been promoted as it's kind of hard to think and walk at the same time. So what I have been doing is, um, I'm trying to at least like 10 minutes before the hour is done. Like I'll hop on the treadmill real quick, walk for the 10 minutes and then hop off and then continue work. And honestly people may think like, Oh, you're taking 10 minute breaks. No, I'm still actively thinking about work. Like, like a lot of the, a lot of the things that I'm doing, I have to like really think about like how to structure it, how to get to the next thing, how to communicate with this person. So sometimes I'm even on my phone, on my email, just like looking at it while I'm walking, but at least I'm not actively typing. And so Um, I've been trying to find ways to just kind of like help to find that balance because yeah, I learned with having office jobs since my, since my swim job where I was moving around a bunch and I had kids and I have to swim after them and stuff. Um, now I'm kind of like standing still and not moving a bunch. Um, and then also during my lunch breaks, I either go for a walk or do some yoga. So, um, but for the eating part, the eating part is hard because I, I don't like ordering out too much. The, the worst thing I'll do is like mostly like order a coffee or sometimes like a panini or something. Um, just so that way I just have something there. But like, I don't like eating while working because I actually get sleepy. Um, so
1: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I got juices recently. I ordered like a box of uh, one of those cleanses. But the thing, you know, I can pop a juice when I want one and um, pop a juice. <laughs> it's just so easy. You know? <laughs> and it, that is such a good juice company. If somebody comes up with that pop a juice, like I'm, I'm, I would be on it because it's just it's so helpful to have that. Um and you you need to take that time to like digest and like I find myself in my chair, I'll turn my camera off because I'm usually like you know, do one of these numbers and I'm kind of like I'm I'm a fidgeter, so a sitting for me is just like hard. I have to like I move and I have to move my legs and I have to, you know. Yeah. So I find it hard. Sometimes I have to turn that camera off and be like, I'm here, but I've I gotta move, I gotta get my body in motion. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no. And that's how I feel about some of the meetings that if I'm going to attempt, like if I'm on a list, like a listener or listener, like it's a webinar Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm only going to be asked questions just in the chat, I'll jump on the treadmill and walk it out the whole time. But if it's like one of those things where they're like, yeah, we need you to find this document and present the document and be interactive. And it's like, okay, I can't, (laughs) I can't just like walk on the treadmill and blow them off. Like, that's not, and also like, what, what would they be paying me for? Like, Um, but yeah, that's just kind of like how I have to figure out how to move because if I don't move and I've been trapped like this before, where if I don't move all day, I'll get sad.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I get really, really sad. I get frustrated. I get pissed off. Like I, I have like an internalized temper tantrum that no one realizes that I'm having, but it's happening.
1: (laughs) Yes. That is me to a T. I thought it was just me. I was like, I, that's what the resentment comes from. And I'm like, I haven't got that blood flow or something. And by, you know, again, you're signing out at seven, eight o'clock. You're like, look, I don't even want to eat. I just want to go and like not be around people. And isolate myself some more
0: <laughs> yeah take care of your body like find a you know do do what you can to like make sure that you make your body happy like and and so that way it resonates in your mind too yep <laughs> okay Speaking um, of like somebody who's
2: been um working on their happiness and gaining their freedom Brittany is free
0: then Brittany bitch is Brittany bitch yeah Brittany is free bitch. Thank you, yes. Kylie, for that transition. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, a uh, suck it, Spears family. Britney is her own being. Leave yep. her alone. Leave Britney alone. Uh, yeah. like I'm. I don't know the the specs, but basically, what it just sounds like to me is that they just did a lot of gaslighting and manipulation to make it seem like that she was crazy, so that way they can keep yeah. her under this control. Um, and Good money and money because basically she's a walking wallet like <laughs> like <laughs> they, they said, treated
2: her like that no joke like that's crazy
0: they said "Ooh, this girl got some talent oh she's a child she can't possibly control herself yeah um so they just completely manipulated her to be under their control and it just makes me really sad because it's like honestly i think about it i'm like who would jamie lynn spears be without britney exactly <laughs> i
2: Or just the fact that, like, her family's literally making millions off of her.
1: The whole whole
2: family makes millions off of her. And they're giving her schedules that are, like, so tight and so crazy. And just the the fact that they have the ability to control where she goes, what she
1: eats, who sees her, what relationships she can form. You know what what, I mean? It goes deeper than just money. um, the birth control that she uses—that was the part that got me. Where it's like they have control. no autonomy over her body. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. This was this was so dangerous for other people. I think to see that this could even be an option, and um, yeah, quite quite sad when you're you have one sort of mental health um, breakdown in public, and it's like that's part of like also being a 26 year old new mother. Like I imagine that there's a lot of mothers who suffer and experience the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. The fact
2: that it was the publicity that was literally doing this, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When paparazzis were at a high and it's like uh, their, their job is to make money to exploit people and not leave Mm -hmm. them alone in their personal space. Like there are some things about celebrities that I should not care or know about. For example, like Kim Kardashian crying in her car with Kanye arguing with her, like, that's not something that is new or fascinating. Like couples fight in their cars all the time. And yet they got a glimpse of a picture of her feeling at her lowest and him probably feeling at his lowest in their relationship. And yet I know about this because there was a picture taken and why do I care? Like it sucks. And so it's the same thing with Britney Spears. Like Britney Spears was kind of like the child, like, Superstar with like Mickey Mouse Club to to becoming like a teen pop idol and you know where internet was not as like robust like paparazzi's were still trying to get their money or people are trying to do their thing to try to take advantage of her and get her on tabloids and it's just so it puts you puts your vulnerabilities out there in public and it's disgusting. And so okay. I hate that for her. So of course, like you would lose your mind. How would you not, you know, how many people I get coming at me saying like "Mind," or well, not at me, but like people just saying like, mind your own business. And they get all uptight and irate mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Like imagine that, but Britney's times a million. Exactly. So of course you're going to have a mental breakdown. Like why wouldn't anybody like think that like, oh, she's out of control. Have you been in her shoes? What?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. God. All of that.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Sorry. Any, any, please interrupt me and, and say whatever. Cause like, I, I think I just get upset when it's like, they say 13 years of her conservatorship. I'm, I'm sure that there was more than that. Yeah.
1: Cause she, I mean that was after she had already had her kids, and I, I imagine that there was a level of you know kind of overbearing overprotection prior to that. I mean, um, the whole entire thing. I feel like one of the things that exposed is that this is something that's typically used with with people that have. Um, you know, very, very deep sort of mental health issues that are extending. So uh, that's how oftentimes conservatorships are given, granted, or over children who may be um, irate and not, you know, kind of ready at this point to, at the time of adulthood, to sort of uh, take over like if they have to take a medication every day or they have autism or something like that and may be not um, willing to you know get get help for those types of things when I started to read that's what it was for or intended for it just kind of made me angrier because I'm like what were you know they were constantly gaslighting this woman to believe that but then it's right. also hiring fake not fake but these doctors and mental health professionals that were continuing to evaluate her that knew that this wasn't the case. Like what, there's no, uh, there's no, you know, I guess foresight for them right now in terms of like how that's going to be handled, but we have to do something about that in the future.
0: Yeah. We all know that with enough money comes with dirty, like with dirt, like it doesn't matter like how, you know, money will mess with anybody's professional integrity. And that's the saddest part about this whole thing from like doctors to, to maybe even therapists, uh, like you were just saying progress, like just, it's really, really sad that like how, however much money that like, it looks like what I'm reading right now is like about 10 people managing her had Mm -hmm. to like bribe these doctors to say like, no, get her on it. Like, yeah. case, like whatever. You, and, and some people will just like agree with me like, okay, thanks for the like 1k in cash. I will definitely prescribe her this thing and yep. say, that's what she has. Cause it's a mental thing. It's not a physical thing that looks obvious. So they're taking advantage of yeah. what is something that c- is, can be invisible on somebody that probably didn't even have it. Right. And so, um, I do see that there has been times that Brittany has even t- like tried to tell the courts and have tried to like bring this attention to the table and that no one believed her. Like they, she felt like she was dead inside that, that no one wanted to listen to her, um, that it was just all hocus pocus. And she just felt like she had a lot of give up itis. Cause she's like, wow, I mean, I'm this Barbie doll in this big old mansion, but like, I feel like I'm not getting any help or I'm being taken seriously. Um, but she has been vouched recently in her judge court hearings that like, that her parents should be in jail for the way that they treated her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I, this is just like a percentage of what we know, like a small percentage from like the, the outburst, the, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? The outburst, the, the mental breakdowns and stuff. And like, I've noticed that certain ways that she's also been kind of posting her social media too, was also kind of like, I know she's trying to be, like, happy, but, like, I feel this extended, like, cry for help, if that makes sense. Do you guys ever felt like that with some of her, like, social media postings?
1: Um, Go ahead, Kylie. What, what do you think? I think there's been
2: a lot of times where she's, like, obviously, like, she's let us know that things are not okay, you know? And so I think there's some videos where you can kind of just see that, like, that, heaviness comes through and you can especially tell when someone is like just trying to fake it to make it and so I think in a position that she's in where also she's so used to like putting on a face and performing um, Mm -hmm. that now we're kind of seeing past that and it kind of as an entertainer when people start to care about you is more of like a human level and less of a like celebrity and entertainer, Mm -hmm. I think that's when you start to see passive veneer. And then it's also like the show loses some of its shine because do you really want to make somebody perform for you who's in pain and whose heart is not in the performance, right? And so it's just like, it's a really humanized, those are really humanizing moments um, for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I feel there's such a level of like being a young mother under a lens that she's under I can't even imagine I mean I was a young mother I have friends who were young mothers and um you know and for the for the most part being a you know single mother she's she's been in some relationships but not with the father of the children and so um no matter what input he has right no matter how Hollywood you are there is a level of You just it's very hard finding support in those moments when, you know, you're just going to have moments. It's so it's isolating having children young because your peers are not necessarily in the same space that you're in at that time. And while they're having, you know, fun and partying and doing whatever, and you're like, okay, I've got, you know, I gotta get home. I have to make breakfast in the morning. I can't go out till three in the morning because I can't get up at six in the morning and make breakfast for my kid, right? Like my kid's going to be up in three hours. So those kinds of things, I think changes a lot for her, for someone who was in Hollywood under the lights and camera that is watching you in all moments. And social media seemed to be like, like you said, her outlet a little bit of like, I can be me and have like the fun and do the stuff I want to do. And, um, and it seems like her, her kids even are very kind of they are not happy about the grandparents or at least the grandfather. Like Jamie is not liked clearly by her oldest son. He has no problem. This is a
0: Louisiana man. Like, like, I don't think here's, here's a, here's something that's dark. I don't think any child who's grown up their whole life and maybe California, I think that's where Britney Spears might be at. Um, it learns that her Louisiana grandpa is being a dick, like being a dick and that his mom has said publicly that her grandfather is a dick or their grandfather is a dick. So like, so, you know, and I feel like that's also like a common disconnect with children who are raised in the West coast too, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and learning about their Southern parents sometimes that it's like, "Mm, something sus, you know, and it's just because of the disconnecting culture but also the values that are promoted as well. Um, So that's also uh, another thing that I've also like realized too. Um, But yeah, uh, like, I think um, what's really sad about this too, is um, something that my friend always brings up about Randy Spears is that the number of times that she's tried to write her own music and they just shut it down. Like she didn't even have like the option to do her own music. I think every time that song, every time was the only chance she had to write a song that she actually wrote, Um, but everything else has been kind of produced and manufactured with a record label.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, so, I mean, yeah, that part is sad,
2: but I feel like the overarching like story for Britney Spears, at least like the victory in it, is that she persevered through You know what I mean? The strength and character that she had to like still be here because especially now we're in an age where a lot of people um, are in these industries and are being perceived as super successful, but who are feeling the depression and feeling the pressure and who don't make it. Yeah, And so just for her to be able to have this victory, to be able to regain her independence, like I am seeing nothing but like brightness for her future. I'm looking forward to seeing like what new music she comes out with because now that she's really on like this trail of independence, Mm -hmm. like I'm like nothing but excited to see like what she comes with next.
1: And And I feel
2: like that trailblazing.
1: Yeah. I was like her boyfriend, not only is he hot, this guy Sam Sorry. but i love the fact that he has been celebrating like he's been celebrating her independence like he's her her personal trainer as well so it's almost like this company which is ex- if you guys have to go please go at some point everyone and look at those harper's bizarre photos of this beautiful gorgeous man um it's just yeah he's iranian um just like seems very settled. You know what I mean? Like he has, you know, um, family oriented, but is just kind of believed in her and encouraged her the entire time, which is also just says who you surround yourself with. Right. Like sometimes, um, friends, they do impact, you know, what they say when you're whatever that birds of a feather or whatever, (laughs) like he motivated her in a way to kind of keep that idea around like we need you here you're we're appreciative of you like I love you as a person but you know you're also you are inspiring to so many people um Mm -hmm. and so that kind of I feel like that has been a major part of like thank god that she had someone like that you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like not one of these Hollywood types is gonna like kick you while you're down but like who has been private with her and in the trenches and like fought for every single moment and, and celebrated this, this woman. Like it's really important.
0: Yeah. No, like, I, Chris Crocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also like kudos to Chris Crocker for real. Cause even yes. though it was a funny, like it came off as a funny like meme back in like the early two thousands, he really like helped surface the issue. Like Everyone's like, ha, 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 who's this like weirdo, like gay guy, like screaming about like free Britney alone. And we're like, but wait a minute, think about it. Like yeah. it's deeper than that, you yeah. know? Way
2: deeper than that.
0: Yeah. And so like, you know, kudos to Chris Crocker and also kudos to Chris Crocker for staying relevant on social media. I love the things that he's <laughs> been posting
2: lately. Well, so actually now, since we are talking about Chris Crocker, Chris is actually transitioning So Chris now goes by Kara Cunningham. Um, And this is another reason why I'm just like, look at the influence that Britney Spears has had. Chris is also, so now Kara. Kara is also someone who came from the South, I think it's like Kentucky, Um, you know what I mean? And is Mm -hmm. another person who came out to California to be able to have that freedom of individual expression and who has been very open with um, the emotional issues that they have faced while transitioning, um, explaining some of the behaviors and the growth that we've seen from them as an artist being online and -hmm. developing that persona online and doing it um, independently for the most part Mm -hmm. Um, and so just like seeing that journey as well has been incredible and also it's like timely we're coming up on a trans awareness week I think it's like from the 13th I'm uh, so glad
0: I looked up the name by the way because i thought you karen. said karen cunningham i'm like ooh, karen no, in this day and age no no <laughs> no, no, no karen like c-a-r-a no no you're all good <laughs> i just saw kara. i'm like no
1: yeah.
0: no K- more kara. Karen. i so respect identity kara. but can we talk about a new name
2: <laughs> right? no not karen definitely not karen
0: okay well oh, no. kudos to kara seriously yeah oh my yeah. gosh this is awesome Um, yeah, it's, it's great to see that, that transition. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that they're manifesting her full self. It's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm even seeing the pictures right now. Um, of like that we're kind of just like embracing their femininity recently. It's great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -mm
0: -mm. But yeah, uh, you said it was trans awareness month week week. Yeah. So for this week,
2: um, and then culminating on the 20th, which is um, like a transgender day of remembrance, um, just for people and organizations like around the country to like participate um, because it honors the memory of those transgender people whose lives were lost in, you know, acts of anti-transgender violence because that's still an issue
1: that we face. Mm-hmm. Um, Globally, deeply, so, deeply, deeply. black community too, because those stories often—it's yeah. like every time it does happen, we those stories are barely even in the news. It's really ridiculous, but
2: and it's just like I personally have a bunch of people that I care about and love who have gone through transitions, and,
1: mm-hmm. and so it is
2: an issue that is like close to my heart. And um, I've I've had friends from all walks of life. You know, people who decided when they were younger, um, and ha- like just knew that they were meant to go through that transition. And then there's been people in my life who didn't know until they were older. Yeah, um, I have one friend in particular. Um, my friend Trey, he transitioned while in the army, and um, so this is also like something that I've been thinking about, like this past Veterans Day and this being like Trans Awareness Week. Just the fact that they actually. Had the goal of their service time to be able to create stability and to have, have that income, that revenue, that education to be able to support themselves through the transition. And um, like their story is incredible. You can follow them on Instagram. We'll like plop that in because they are going to do like a a video storytelling of literally like how they transitioned through the service and
1: how crazy like the tenacity
0: do- of these people. How crazy to to come out even like during military service where, and I'm, I'm going to say this. Carefully. And they're black. Yeah. I'm going to say this very carefully. That would be a place where I feel like if, if I were to have transitioned, I would have waited until I was done because, the, because here's what the, the, the being in the military. And here's the the awful sides of it. Like the toxic masculinity and the fragile, masculinity of like interacting with those who are gay, interacting with those who are trans and the feelings that individuals get from like being like all proud boy and shit where they implement violence or they act out on violence on those who are just trying to be their full authentic selves. Like that's so dangerous. Cause I remember being in like ROTC in high school and oh my God, i would be so scared for anybody to come out as as something that's beyond the binary um to it just doesn't feel like a safe environment to do it so anybody who chooses to do it in the military i i love reinforcing representation but i would be so terrified you know what i mean and,
2: i mean i think that's kind of one of the wonderful things like about us as black people like we are not afraid to push boundaries and make way and like right these wrongs that we see right because what is the what is the alternative the alternative is just to settle for things the way they are and when you see a system that is broken you have to have people who are willing to step up and fix it or people who are just willing to be vulnerable with their experiences right and continue to move forward and I think that really is the tenacity Um, that you have to have as human beings you have a goal Mm -hmm. you have a dream you want to pursue you know Mm -hmm. your happiness in this life you only get one life right and it's maybe shorter than you would even imagine so like you really do have to take the time to purposely live how you want to and um, if you are able to bring those opportunities to yourself and in doing so bring those opportunities to other people that you know who are you know maybe in your yeah. similar shoes like yeah more kudos to you this Ryan is an educator um you know what I mean so I, I'm talking about people who are just leaders in our community he is one of them so um ryan.d with two E's. Riot on Instagram if you want to follow their um story but it like He's just also just a super inspiring person. I find so many people that I connect with that are just genuine badasses in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No, and I definitely agree with you. Like I think just to kind of get the conversations going and to making sure that we normalize it in all environments um that it shouldn't especially like with coming out as trans or transitioning um yeah, it should be a safe you should be doing this in, in a safe environment or those who receive you. Well, I just, I think where my comments just come from is like, it's just the historical context of these environments. And so that's where I get worried. I I get more worried than I do. Like, I love, I love pushing boundaries. I love pushing the, the agenda. I love, I love it. Um, so I guess in a way I do want to celebrate those who take that step of bravery to put themselves in maybe what could be a possible um
2: it's jeopardizing
0: space to yeah, make sure know, that it becomes risky. a safer space so yeah that's where that's where i'm coming from with it and i hope those who are listening understand like where what i'm trying to say because like i'm not trying to like shame or make anybody feel bad i think i just get upset over those who are just trying to be authentic and then it calls for like you know getting bullied later <laughs> i yeah. mean it.
2: But, like, it's such a core part of your identity, too, though. Like, even the talks that we have on the show and, like, the fact that we just did Mag West, where we had a presentation about, you know, racism and about inclusivity and about, you know, Black content creators. Like, even having that discussion, some people would be like, oh, that's risky. You're out here. You're putting your face out here. You're putting a target on your back. You're talking about subjects that people may feel deeply about or uncomfortable about. And even though, like, to some people, that may be like, "Oh, well, you're just like online." It's definitely not the same thing. Like, we know scales of relativity, but there are people mm-hmm. out here who feel strongly. And you, by speaking up, just by speaking up, people would say yep. that's risky. But you have to, if you yeah, want. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely, no. And I agree. Create better futures. <laughs> make space. Take space. No, I totally make
2: space. Take some space.
0: I totally get that. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of making spaces. Um, Things getting real spicy. I just wanna, you know, <laughs> little nod's X <laughs>
2: <laughs> busting down walls, no nuance at all. He was just like, oh y'all wanna keep bitching about me? It's my favorite shit. Lord. I will take over all of your meme references, everything you hold dear. That you thought was like this has to be the most hetero shit. I will make it the gayest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Maury. uh Maury, you are not the father. You are you're not, you're not the father's
0: on an episode of Maury, guys. Like <laughs> I cried when I was like, And takes kid. some
2: woman's man, takes yeah. takes her whole man. Yes. But you know what got me the most? That it's in 4K. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Lil Nas X on in 4K. It's not like the old school like TV resolution.
1: Oh, it's not. Ever. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: no, it's spiffed. It had to be.
1: It's polished. It was it. Yeah. I think that was the best part of it, too. It's like the fact that like, there's production value. In this.
2: There is production value. <laughs> <laughs> there is production value. Look, this is going to be a whole new music video. We just don't even know it. Like. But it's actually already. on the
0: Mari Popovich show. And oh my god. I I love that little Nas X is keeping us on our toes for real. <laughs> they said, oh, you want Montero? I'll give you Montero. <laughs> you want some shoes? Yeah, I'll give you some shoes. You want some titties? Little Nas X gave us titties. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it so much. It's <laughs> please keep doing the things that you're doing. Well, Nas sexy. You, you give us joy. You give us joy.
1: I'll
0: All right. Um, so seasonal depression, by the way, was kind of part of in uh, replacement of our nerdy and dirty segment. For those who are listening, um, we don't have anything pervy this week, um, but if you want to p- uh, put your perversion towards the little Nas X Mari episode, yeah. please check that out and let us know how it goes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want to we yes. know. Share the joy. <laughs> <laughs> share the joy all right so let's go ahead and venture into just nerdy uh, we're trying to uh, get pretty close to time because we got in so we got we dove into some subjects um yes, yes, we yeah um so mag west recap those who know anything yeah. about mag west is the mag west coast festival um meaning mag stands for music and gaming um for so long I thought it meant music, anime, and gaming, but it's just music and gaming, though I really wish they like, had it the anime. anime. It's just, yeah, games.
1: they should have had that. They need that. Just
0: put it in there, just make it canon. Like I'll I'll slap it in the, their Slack channel or something. But yeah, so um that's really, it's a really cool fest. Uh, it's kind of like the Little Sister West Coast version of MAG Fest, which is a festival that happens in the East Coast. Uh, Prowers and I are gonna go to that. Um, but, you know, the Lady Blurreds, we did a presentation on Representation Matters, uh, very similar to the one that we did at Fanime. Very knowledgeable. A lot of folks really appreciated the content. Uh, Shout out to some family that watched that presentation. I saw some Shabzilla in there. I saw only one Ronin. I saw the Paladin uh, and many other individuals who are watching uh, the presentation. And I really appreciated that in the chat. At first, it started off with like people being really hyped for us. And then it got quiet. But we realized that people were just listening, which was cool. Yeah. And I really appreciate that everybody was very patient through the material that we covered. We also understand that it's something that needs to be brought to the table and it may not be comfortable for most folks, but at least we wanted to do was just make sure that people stayed educated and informed. Um, We, for those who are just tuning into this podcast recently, the the subject matter was on animation and, um, and how, not mostly animation but within the nerd culture like how we as black folks have shown up mm-hmm. and how we will continue to better ourselves to show up more significantly than what we're generalized as um and so that's something that we think is very important and we also relate the material about how the progression of animation looks uh from like the early 1900s to now Um, and then we also talk about like what we have done as a community to be our authentic selves, but also to be kind of like the top notch people in and making sure that we are thriving in the nerd nerd. Um, we still encounter a lot of issues. There's always a new headline every week about somebody being dumb and racist and whitewashing, whatever, or like making sure that a black cosplayer can't black cosplay, let them cosplay. They can do whatever the they want. So like, please, please, like, this is something that we have to bring to everyone's attention every single time just because of the fact that like let's be cool you know being nerdy in the first place is we all experience our trauma in high school and middle school about being all geeky and shit like why can't we all just be cool but no we always have to slap on some race and it's not that we did it first it's because someone's reinforcing it
2: I think that also that's one of the things that the presentation addresses as well which is like the inner mechanisms and the constructs that we have socially that even bring these ideas to the table as a societal norm like we talk about um, like capitalism and we talk about like imperialism and we talk about you know this idea behind you know European ideals and the patriarchy and what power and how all these things like translate into like why representation is so important, why like the um, images that were shown are important and how it affects us psychologically and how that affects our interactions with one another. Um, so I think it was like, and we still make it fun, right? We do like this mix of just like, hey, this is a really heavy topic that you know probably you haven't had a chance to maybe like internally look at purposefully because it can be painful um but we're going to add some levity to it right like Mm -hmm. i think we did a really good job with that and i just i really liked the interaction from the audience it was like you said v where it was just like you could tell that people were actually listening and giving us feedback and like being in the moment with us which was really nice and something that um like, I think we all go to cons for, right, is to have this, like, deeper connection over things that we all decide collectively are, like, good to consume or to entertain or, like, values we appreciate or music we like, artists we like, and it it is this sense of community and wanting to work on those relationships within our own communities so that we can be included safely in these spaces.
0: Yeah, exactly, and so, Yeah, no, thank you, Kylie, for elaborating and I appreciate it. Yeah, because it's like it it's it's one of those things where it for me being a woman in a nerdy space at a convention, like I felt like I was with the people that I would be appreciating. But instead, like there's some things I faced um, while being in these spaces where. I for a while was not about cosplaying because I was uncomfortable in my own skin because of how it's been presented in media of what looks good as a cosplay. Like I thought I was very limited in cosplay. I thought I wasn't allowed to be anybody else. Um, Like, you know, if I wanted to cosplay a Sailor Moon or a Sailor Scout, like I'm like "Mm, not for me because none of those Sailor Scouts are brown. And I wasn't actively thinking like that. I was just like, "Mm, they don't look like me, which is the key thing right there. They do not look like me. And so I felt like I was stuck in a box. I felt like I wasn't allowed to do anything. And so And then also being plus size too, but put some dampers on that. Cause I'm like, "Mm, who can I cosplay? That's that looks like me. And also, also plus size. And so when I think of like Yoderichi from bleach, I'm like, yeah, she's, she's Brown, but I'm not as skinny as her. And so I felt very limited in my abilities, but now like with the flourishment of women who are cosplaying when they're plus size or whatever size that they are, I feel that I feel inspired to venture into that more. And so it was just really, like, really awesome to see that, you know, someone's always pushing, pushing the, uh, the agenda, um, mm-hmm. and also making sure that they're taking a risk and making it feel good for other folks who have always been interested in it. So it's, it's really nice to see it like that. I don't know, perhaps, yeah. what, was, what was your takes?
1: Um, Much of what was said, I think, adding to a lot of that, that, the importance of the conversation, which I just saw people in the chat saying a lot, which is that thinking, thinking us a gratitude for the conversation, which I just thought is like an interesting takeaway that the conversation that people might think is you know um oh it's heavy and it's a lot of it's it's sometimes dexterous in terms of where you have to go and kind of reliving different moments and the you know having those those feelings and ideas again but being able to publicly host that really changes somebody's trajectory for the future and makes other people feel uncomfortable i'm sorry comfortable and being uncomfortable, right? It's sort of like I'm I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable because there's others having this conversation who've been thinking about this and are feeling the same way that I felt when I've gone to something and I've been in these spaces. And it's really, I feel like convention spaces don't change until there's enough sort of critical mass to change it. You know, it's it, that that's how things like Safe the uh you know kind of committee that's that works on now. Um, gendered violence and those types of things and Mm -hmm. when people feel uncomfortable um between um you know having conversations at, at a at a con I think those things came out of people you know being able to in droves say something and make those suggestions um so that they know that there was a problem there that needed to be addressed so I feel like oh it diversity equity and inclusion requires there to be that critical mass behind it and people to say oh yeah I felt that but I just was I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know where to say it, when to say it, whom to say it to. So Mm -hmm. those were some of the things I took away was just like how important this was for people who just didn't have the words.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's always good. And we, we always encourage folks to encourage this dialogue outside of our, our, um, our presentation. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, if, a couple of things. Some things I do really appreciate about people like Twill Distilled and Shabzilla is that if things are happening, they are going to call attention to it. Like yes. they, they do not care. And these are women who are not black. And these are women who are very much so about you know the equality of people and making sure that people are well represented, and so um, that's something that I will forever and always you know appreciate about them. And they were also at the presentation, and so. You know, you don't have to start fights with people, but you have to do call things out, like you know. Yes. And so when things happen, like you have to say something. You have to. Um, and and I hate to say it, but like also sometimes it's okay to be embarrassed to, to learn a lesson. Like it's not ruining your life. Sometimes it's just like, oops, I effed up, and I learned a new thing. Like I discover things that I say all the time where I'm like, oh, that didn't go well. You know, like for example, yeah. I thought Chris Crocker was chris crocker and no it's kara (laughs) (laughs) it's it's one of
2: those things where it's like we uh, we allow grace for one another because why would i wouldn't expect you to know the status of every single person you know what i mean that's like that's a lot to take on a person but it's like once you learn like you adjust like okay
0: yeah exactly especially like same thing with pronouns if you mess up on pronouns you don't have to over apologize you just say whoops my bad and do your best to make sure you address that person uh, correctly. Um, and also I also advocate for making sure that we say they, them, because it's, you can't go wrong. You can't go can't wrong. Go there. Wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so it's just, it's just like one of those things, like just make sure, like if you learn something, don't feel immediately violated, just take a second, process what you heard and then be like, Oh, actually I learned something. My mm-hmm. bad. Let's take accountability. It's just so hard for some folks to understand that.
1: <laughs> I know what you kind of. Is irritating because I'm like, you know what? I because I go through this with an 11 year old, and I'm like, I, I have to have patience and empathy because I'm like, if my child can understand this, like, you know, m- my mom asked my son in full confession, like I said, to, to explain different, you know, gender identities to her. She doesn't always know. She's like, Sean, is this pan poly? And Sean is like, a, he can after the
2: team. do no, will ask Sean. Where's Sean's show? Sean
1: needs a Right, whole show. like he, he needs. Yeah, Let's get Sean segment. to do a segment, please. <laughs> it's like That's look because mean. in this age you have you have a friend in every particular identity, and so it's just like almost it's. Um, I think was the word irresponsible to not know right like or to identify and so for him it would be almost like irresponsible it's part of like you have to know how to say the Pledge of Allegiance you'll learn that you know what I mean so if you can do that to me it's just it's going out of the way it's as people saying right if you can pronounce this name you can say you know these these really tough names to say in Hollywood then you can say this you know uh ethnic name that that requires the same rolling of ours. And yeah, like, um, how did we learn
0: how to say Beethoven,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You can say Tchaikovsky, but you can't say like. Yeah, exactly. And why don't nice. you go look it up? I was I was trying to figure out how to say, I was talking about going to the Kusama exhibit and I was like, how does, you know, how do I pronounce um, um Yayoi's first name well I had to look it up and I was like it's Yayoi kusama so hello yeah. I can you Google is around it's your friend folks yeah.
0: Or even like if you're like, oh my bad, I'm about to mispronounce this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I saw the spelling of your name. How do you say it? Like, you know, it I think yeah. sure it's weird and feel foul. Free to correct me. Yeah. Please correct me. Like I I get my our friend, me, me and Kylie's friend, Lorenz, I, I pronounce that wrong all the time. And I don't mean to. It's just he never corrected me until literally this year. He said it's Lauren's, not Lorenz. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. Whoops, <laughs> my bad. <It's> been <laughs> yeah. Lorenz for like a decade. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but yeah, it's it's really good to bring up these conversations and just like you know, keep the dialogue fresh. Like it doesn't have to be a serious thing all the time. Just like keep it fresh and like making sure that like you stand by what your values are or making sure that your values are growing. Um yeah. some other things on the horizon. I learned that Cowie B Bob out now i the live action has anybody here watched the animated series
1: i did um, i feel like i'm not as much of a stan as everyone else like because convoy bebop has like generational st- like people who are just like this is a lifestyle like the the neo noir western is like their yeah. their aesthetic I'm not one of those folks. But there was
0: a time in animation where that was like popular too. So like cowboy bebops like that. And same thing with Trigon. Trigon is very like neo-western, like apocalyptic like post-apocalyptic. Yes,
1: that and people like dress like that and like you know, it's like how people are with steampunk, like they are in their neo-noir cowboy stuff. So yeah.
0: I, I agree with that. Yeah, now it's more like synthwave and cyberpunk
1: <laughs> now,
0: <laughs> which I've noticed and it's fine.
2: <laughs> um, like, but yeah, this, this show is formative for me, like definitely the music, um, mm-hmm. the aesthetics, the characters, the just like funky sci-fi references. This is definitely like a formative show for me. yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think my love for the show initially was just the theme by the seatbelts is always good. Mm -hmm. And when I say that Japanese groups do big band, Japanese, Japanese big band groups, like they said, oh, that's cute. You play big band. And when they do it, it's like, yeah, we play big bands. (laughs) it's It's always some crazy, crazy, amazing like their version of it is great. And so like listening to seatbelts is always awesome. Um, but yeah, like Tank is just, it's just the jazz song that everybody kind of fell in love with. And so like, you know how people were like, oh, I mean, Glenn Miller is nice. Oh, I mean, sometimes like, um, sometimes like Tommy Dorsey is nice. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cute. But have you listened to Tank? Like, <laughs> you <listen> to Tank? <laughs> well, wait, Like,
2: even just beyond the music, the characters in the show, like ed are you kidding Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's a young girl literally like just genius running the whole show keeping the shit together like yeah a baby hacker a baby hacker baby hacker hacker in stem like what more do i want and for people who are like ship
1: people too because i feel like they're you know there there are people who are like there's trained people there's ship people there and for people who are ship people like this is, it's for you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like Edward was definitely, a they, them, like, yeah. representation, color, color. Yeah.
0: Very what? ambiguous with the gender. There's not, there's not a clear indication of, you know, how to, how to address Ed. So it's great because it's like a really that's something i also really appreciate about anime too is like they really do push for like you know just because there's a character it doesn't mean that you have to call them she or him um that they
2: have to be sexualized
0: yeah exactly because like i can't like also i think ed is a child in in the show so it's like why sexualize ed in the first place so
1: yeah Yeah, i mean we say that
2: in an era of like sailor moon
1: (laughs) Like they're all children, but hypersexualized.
2: Definitely yeah, definitely hypersexualized. Um, and then you do have like this in within the same show, Faye, right? Who is hypersexualized? Um, so I think it is just like you get to see a full spectrum, and just Jet. Oh, we tonight. all love Jet Black.
0: We all love Jet Black. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the whole thing. Jet Black is a black man, like for years, and then the live action comes out. I'm like,
1: oh, Jet Black is a black man. <laughs> exactly score winning hello hi we knew we knew
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's great i i have yet to watch it but i can't wait so like i'm actually trying to save it until like cash and i watch it so it's kind of like one of those things like it's a couple thing so i'm i'm down to
1: yeah let us know how that goes i i yeah because you'll probably see it before i do so let me know how it goes
0: So my main worry about live actions though, is that I feel like there's this hype now where we're making a bunch of live actions. And so I don't get me wrong. Sometimes I, what I love about the beauty of animation is that the exaggerations or like how it's played out in animation, like Mm -hmm. that's all I need. Like I, that's all I need for like this. Yeah. Like for example, I don't think, for example when i brought up trigon i don't want trigon as a live action show like i don't want to see a guy with broomstick out. hair and like getting shit fakes all the time
1: That might be I, his emotions
0: yeah like i don't i don't think i want to see that there was only one person in my life who looked like that and i don't we don't need to do that he was only the he's the perfect person we don't need to recreate try to find a recreation but um and anyway, was, yeah um, but yeah, like as for Trigon, I can't see myself watching it. Um, I did watch a little bit of a live action for Sailor Moon and I I was fine with that. Um and I also watched a little bit of the live action for Full Alchemist, and I was a little okay with that. The only mm-hmm. one I liked. You had that to watch was... the whole thing. The whole thing was good. Like, I'm gonna mute you.
2: you <laughs> <the whole> <laughs> no, you, Luke, you have to watch the whole thing because I was with you, bro. I was so iffy in the beginning. I was like, no. No, don't do it. But, like, if you watch the whole thing, please give it a chance. Watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the Bleach live action. Okay, they really I was about their to thing say, on yeah. it.
1: like. And One Punch Man rest. is coming. I don't know what the... They haven't announced the cast yet because I think they're still writing the script. But, like, that... I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. And same with Naruto. Like, I feel like that live action... No. Pressure.
2: Pressure. I can't Naruto's <laughs> pressure. yeah.
1: It's it's a lot of pressure on them because it's like also the script right like there ha- it has to be like already Cowboy Bebop has gotten some issue with like V you said like the translation to like color and screen like people are complaining about like the bland you know colors and like they want it to be more you hyper know, saturated because yeah. it was
2: a like a very yeah um, contrasted exactly. show
1: exactly so i was like what are we going to do for the like will other people mobile suit gundam is going live action like what is not going live action this year everything (laughs) so many things i'm like uh there's so much manga and anime coming forthcoming that is going to be so just look out every week we'll we'll keep you posted on like new stuff that's coming out because it's uh I know the Witcher exec producer has like four or five live action stuff coming. I don't know even all of the things that they were Okay. Doing.
0: I love the Witcher though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> That's my biases for having like a dumb crush on Henry Cavill for so long. Yeah. Like I loved Henry Cavill in the Tudors and I was like, this guy's hot. And then when I saw him in the Witcher, I'm like, Ooh, baby, excuse me.
2: How
1: do you say that? Like
0: it's two doors, yeah. <laughs> two doors. Yeah, two doors. I'm looking forward to that like, <laughs> because
1: I, I love that showrunner. So I love the exec producer. I feel like with casting is going to be good because like they've got Sean Bean, who people might know from like Game of Thrones and like, oh my gosh, Sean Bean has done so many things. Order of the Rings, uh, Final Fantasy 15. Like he, he's done a ton of. Like, oh, he's that's just- Sean Bean. Yeah, that guy. That he's a villain in everything. In everything,
0: Wait, he's. Wait, wasn't he in? Oh yeah, you did say Game of Thrones. Sorry. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. I no, think I think something. that would. I... Yes. Sorry. Go on,
1: Perse. <laughs> no, no. Just saying. I know that he's. Um. He's one of the, the exec producers, like cast one of the lead cast for something. So, we'll see, and Famke Jensen who played, uh, who played uh, X Men and Taken. Um, it's going to be interesting with the two of them. I don't know what they're leading yet. They're top secret about what it is, but again, we will keep you posted on all of these like live actions because it's going to be a lot and like Famke Janssen played, uh, the Jean Grey in the original X-Men trilogy and the, in Taken. So not the, the recast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think about Jean Grey. And I'm like, is she going to faint again? <laughs> it's like, she's supposed to be the most powerful mutant. And then she just ends up just being a damsel in distress.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Smelling oh, salts, please. It's not. I, mean, the whole I can just like take matter and like re- con- re-engineer it, but I'm going to faint and need smelling salts because, you know. <laughs>
0: oh my god yeah so we'll see how these live actions go um i'm always i'm always skeptical but also like i i love myself a good live action so i mean if it works out it works out one piece i'm still mm, about if they get like a surprise like johnny depp i I, i'll dig it
1: exactly (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, if, if they're going to like, you know, put a live action in there, just put some put Easter eggs, just put some Easter eggs in there, you know,
1: Give just, us Something. Yeah. Give us a, a Johnny Depp and Idris or something. I'll, we'll get in it. We'll, we'll watch it. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, a couple things is, uh, some call to actions. I really advocate that within the next couple of weeks, if people are going to do shopping, keep it local. Um, keep it with your farmer's markets, keep it with your mom and pop boutiques, keep it with your friends who have their Etsy accounts, keep it local. Um, it's going to be a very hard year for retail. um, Now that people are feeling brave outside of the pandemic, since there's now vaccinations and lifted guidelines. And so people are going to be shopping. And so, um, I'm not a big fan of black Friday. Um, I'm also not a big fan of Cyber Monday, because Cyber Monday has implications of you might be getting, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Equipment that doesn't work very well. Um, Or then like Black Friday, it's just always a headache for those who are working. And so here's the thing. people have been like quitting jobs as prior mentioned earlier, and they're just like tired of all of the stuff. And so like why make people's lives more miserable in these retail spaces? So just, you know, if you are shopping for the holidays, let's try to maybe get away from the black Friday culture. That mm-hmm. would be great. And keep it with your friends or communities that have these shops. Um, that's something that I just want to advocate very seriously um, because of the, We've seen videos of like Walmarts and targets and all these like big corporate stores getting bum rushed (laughs) by people who are just trying to get the best deal and get the tickle me Elmos to probably the, now the equivalent is an Oculus. Um, and so, Yeah. yeah, like let's, let's be better about that. Like for example, yeah, just, just be do your research, I think, is a good way to put it. I think, for example, in San Jose, um, or I can even start with Monterey. Like, I have a cousin who has a candle company. Uh, she sells candles. Great, a uh, forty acres, uh, and company is a is a great place to shop for like candles and smell goods. So you can probably avoid the Bed Bath and Beyonds and the, uh, the Bath Body Works places. Um, I'm trying to think like, Oh, for like customized, like little goodies. Like I have a friend named Melissa who's has done mugs for the podcast before and she lives up in Hayward and is willing to ship her things out to folks. Um, And then also, I mean, in with keeping in mind with reaching out to people, right. Like let's talk about, you know, the timeliness too. Like don't make it so last minute, like plan what you're trying to give, um, try to make it significant and not commercial. So that's just that's my call to action. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that?
1: Yes. Yes. On double down on local farmers markets. There is usually every kind of like gift you can find. And you are supporting so many people in the community, too, for that. So double down on the farmers market because you can where people think you can find everything at Walmart. Like you literally can find everything at your farmers market. Um, and I love the idea. I'm actually going to go look and you 40 acre and 40 acre candle company. What was that that you said it was?
0: 40 acre coat company. I'll double check the name, but it's my cousin, uh, Brighty, who owns that, uh, candle company.
1: Cause that's what I get my friends. And I normally go to, um, uh, Harlem candle company. It's like, a uh, Harlem Renaissance, uh, themed candles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I normally get candles from our friends, a, a three-wick or, you know, um, always not, you can never go wrong with, or a two-wick candle. Uh, the Harlem Candle Company has uh, two-wick candles, but there's like yeah, a also- and a Ellington and the a, Ellington and a Josephine and the Lady Day. So I love those for like, oh, this is, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to go to the 40-acre um, candle shop and make sure I buy some.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that would be cool. And yeah, she's she's done. She, this is like one of these things that she literally started from the bottom up. She's like, this is a hobby. To, I'm actually going to make something of this. And what I'm really proud of the things that she does, and when she talks about her entrepreneurship, is that she talks about like the benefits of owning a business, and also the the status this this the satisfaction of being able to pay yourself and also to spend more time on things that are more about you than like serving somebody who can only give you like a dollar or less than a dollar raise per year. And so like, she really like talks about like how she feels as a person versus where she felt like just working like a standard nine to five. So if anybody feels trapped in that life and you feel inspired to build your own business, I think, you know, just follow along if you want to feel inspired and on Instagram. So 40 acre candle and gift company is what she's called. So I definitely awesome. check that out. But also like, I think also another thing that I would like to bring attention to, cause like, I know candles are not the same as like a Nintendo switch. And I know that candles are not the same as an Oculus. Like, I think also like the culture of big buying big gifts for Christmas, I think should be something that should just be ended because what I really like about like the switch is like, instead of just opening it up and saying like, Oh my God, I got Switch for Christmas. What it would be so much better to just play it with your family as like a bonding activity instead of being it as the big, like gift of the year. And so I don't know. It's just, it's just certain things. Like I, I kind of think about my vows and stuff. And so then that way, um, like, you know, we're not trying to hype up something so big. So that way we're not disappointing ourselves the next year. Um, and that's something just about Christmas in general that I don't like. It's just this overhype of like getting the most expensive gift or getting like a brand name thing. Like, it's just, it's never set what right with me. And I've also never been that type of person to, to accept gifts as something that is valued for Christmas, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, it depends. Like, so if I know that somebody, like for instance, my brother, like he's a musician, and the passion that he has about like certain brands of things or certain tools for things, like the whole family will get together for a big gift, and if it's like it's understood that the whole family is getting this, right? So I think there's yeah, it's a
1: great yeah, it's like
2: it's like the 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 balance though. So it's like you know you're getting this big gift, like then. You still feel appreciation for every single person that put in on that. And like you already know that you're like that's your big gift. And next year you'll probably just be getting the regular, schmegular, thoughtful, cute little things that everyone gets. Like my family's more about stocking stuffers than it like actual gift gifts, which I think is kind of funny.
1: Yeah.
2: But the appreciation is there. So it's like
0: you love it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So moving along, um, some big move mondays uh we want to shout out nora grime uh for releasing your Belmont tapes belmont meaning castlevania inspired beats so we got the bill beats we got the shubzillas we got the wait who else is in Nora grime is it just those i
1: mean they're not the only ones in Nora grime but they're the only ones on this project it's a shubzilla and bill beats specific project okay we got the bill beats we got the shubzilla (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Yes, and let me tell y'all, it's, you know, they're from the Pacific Northwest rapper DJ duo for you don't know. They've been working together for like 10 years. Um, th- what I love about them is that no matter, like there is still a lot of like hard beats, you know, dope like hip hop scratches shubs brings like you know a a determined passionate delivery in every song and i mean it's on top of like castlevania so it's bass heavy it's like boom bap you know like it's it's the the samples are dope it's indigo funded too i forgot to mention that there was an indigo fund uh campaign to fund the project and it's just came out on november 1st so you still got you know you're still in the new if you get it now but like it is so dope and uh yeah, paid and just, by the people
0: for the people for
1: the people, and it's it's bombed. I'm putting a stamp on it because it's it's really dumb.
2: <laughs> that didn't look quite right. Oh <laughs> stamp on it. <laughs> the revolution will not be televised.
0: Exactly. Um, other big move Mondays that we want to shout out is Live '95 by Megaran. This is a project that is very contrasting to his other projects. Um, I really like the route that he's been going in with this one, where it feels very nostalgic to basketball culture. Yes. And I mean, what I mean nostalgic, I mean it feels like I am seven years old again watching like my my uncles like play b-ball in like you know the the concrete streets (laughs) So, so um it's a really cool album i really recommend anybody to check it out same thing you know other news with megaran too like he also got a song to be to be, uh, debuted on WWE as Xavier Woods's new theme, King Woods. Yeah. So shout out to Megaran for, you know, he's, he's been a long time wrestling fan, um, yeah. loves wrestling. And so he's even done ROH a couple of times too, like sat there and rapped for ROH. And I think he also did a segment with, um, Billy Ray, uh, or Bobby, Ray. I can't remember his name anyway, <laughs> but, like, but but, uh, yeah, so he's, he's doing the thing. Uh, so yeah, check out live 95. Um, and also check out that new flip that he did for Xavier woods. It's great. Um, and probably like a, a cross off of his bucket list of doing music. So, um, it's really cool. And then last but not least, I want to shout out the Francis experience. Um, homies close to my heart, from the Bay Area. Um, They've been doing shows and getting uh, a rev up on their residencies here in San Jose. So like, I do shout them out for letting me sing on one of their sets and also, um, you know, Jonathan Borka is just an overall like good human being. And so like, I really appreciate all the work that he does for the community, so. also, things to look out for: Ladybirds will be in person in two out of three <laughs> at Mag West in January. <laughs> so uh, Kylie will be. Uh, so I'm sure we'll Facetime her or whatever. But like, <laughs> it will be Kylie's
2: uh, low key just gonna pop up anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: you'll, you'll be with us in our hearts, but we'll be Facetiming you from uh, we, trust. <laughs> yeah, we will be in in uh, touch. We will be yes. in, in, in some kind of metaphysical touch.
0: Yes. Maybe. Yes. So we're going to be Come at MAGFest. Touch me, baby. We'll be visiting MAGFest. <laughs> I don't think we have any programming due, uh, but we will be around. Uh, so if you want to meet us and hang out, uh, just reach out to us there. Um, so yeah, that kind of comes to a close of our episode today. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Lady Bird Sings the Blues. You can find us on Spotify, Apple pods, or any other podcast network. Apparently I've been popping up on other po- podcast networks that I don't know about. Yay, yay. Thanks RSS feed. Um, <laughs> You can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook, uh, keep in touch with us there. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can email us, hit us up on social media, but the email is don't cast in with an N drive don't cast and drive at gmail.com. So yeah. Um, lastly, and I have to give this credit cause I love these folks. Um, Thank you, DJ Tayukin, as well as Mark Cooper for giving us beats to keep us uplifted with the show, as well as, uh, Die for blessing us with the theme song. So yeah, we're having pretty much a, a good, a good time with the beats that they give us. So I really appreciate their, uh, their hard talents for us, you know, giving us the mood here. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful, safe week and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Thank you. Bye. And happy (laughs) Indigenous Day, Turkey Day. Yes. Yes. Turkeys. Bye. Bye.